Welcome to the Sounds of Encouragement, the place for musicians and music teachers to find support and encouragement to help you stay motivated, creative, and moving forward in what you do best. I'm Melissa Slocum, your host and number one encourager. I currently live in the Atlanta, Georgia area and have my own thriving studio teaching piano to all ages in person and online. I also help other teachers use student goal-based learning and differentiated instruction to increase motivation in their students and increase retention rates in their studios. You can learn more at www.musiclessonpathways.com. Thank you for tuning in to Sounds of Encouragement. Don't forget to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes. Enjoy the following episode. Don't forget to keep listening at the end and be sure to check out all the links in the comments or show notes. As always, I'm here for you, so you can be there for those who need you the most. Reach out to me at soundofencouragement at gmail.com and let me know how I can better support and encourage you. Welcome to season two of the podcast. And I have to share a couple of things real quick. One, I am overwhelmed at the support you all have given this little podcast in the last year. I had no idea this would get so much traction, even though I knew we all needed more connection and encouragement during a global pandemic. Thank you for listening, for sharing the podcast, asking to be on the podcast, asking for ways to support it, and simply encouraging me to keep this going. Two, I do this because creatives and teachers need support. Musicians, music teachers, and all creatives need to be reminded how valued, how amazing, and how essential they are to their communities. We all need you to keep creating, to keep inspiring, to keep teaching, and to keep the arts flourishing in our young people and in our communities. Thank you for what you do. So if you share this vision, or if you are getting any benefit from this podcast, here are some ways you can help me keep it going. One, just keep listening and keep sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues. That's easy. Two, keep leaving those positive reviews and subscribing wherever you get your podcast. Three, I don't have sponsors or make money here, but this podcast is part of a larger mission now to bring you even more support, resources, and the things you need to stay inspired and creative. You can help launch that mission by supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash encouragement. That's buymeacoffee.com slash encouragement. Every bit of your support goes toward future podcast production and future resources and events. Four, keep referring people to me who inspire you and are encouraging of others so that I can keep sharing diverse voices with you. Reach out through Facebook, Instagram, or at soundofencouragement at gmail.com. Last, consider partnering with me and sponsoring an episode or three. Okay, enough of that. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy all the episodes this season. And remember, I'm here for you so that you can be there for those who need you the most. Dorla Price Aparicio is a piano teacher who supports group piano teachers with organized and engaging resources that will help them offer excellent group piano classes. 
She believes that teaching in a group setting is one of the best ways to keep the world of piano teaching alive during this century. Over the past three years, Dorla has created a framework for teaching students of different ages and skills, namely students between the ages of 8 to 14, who are beginners up to the early intermediate level in a group setting. Dorla received her Master of Music in Piano Pedagogy from Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas. She has also taught early childhood music, private and group piano for more than 30 years, and was an adjunct professor of music for 10 years at the university in Keene, Texas. To learn more about what Dorla is up to now, check out missdorla.com blog and check out all the great resources she has to offer. Enjoy this interview with Dorla Price Aparicio. Welcome to the Sounds of Encouragement. My guest today, who you heard about in the bio, is Dorla Price Aparicio. Dorla, mm. welcome to the Sounds of Encouragement. Thank you. I am very excited to speak with you, Melissa. This is awesome. I am so excited to get to talk to you about encouragement and what encourages you and what's kept you moving forward because I really just... Uh, about a year ago, met you um, mm -hmm. when things were really <laughs> locking down and and yes. people were still trying to figure out online teaching. And you were so gracious with your time and your energy and your expertise mm -hmm. around group piano teaching online. Um, you did a little thing for our Georgia Music Teachers Association yes. and where you were part of a panel and that was fabulous, helped a lot of people. <laughs> oh, good. That's good to know. Yes. And, you know, since then, I have just followed all your great stuff. We've um, kind of interacted through some mm -hmm. of your group on Facebook, which we'll get into later. Uh, and I know you've done some things on Clubhouse and you just have this wonderful presence on all the social platforms. And you, <gasps> I just feel like are hitting your stride when it comes to doing all that you're doing with your business and with helping other teachers and group piano. So mm. bless you for all that you're doing, Thank all the you. great stuff you're putting out there in the world. Uh, we're going to start though with a question about past, you know, and okay. who in your life, in your past, has there been any moment or any person or people maybe who have stood out for you as have given you encouragement or where it's created a pivot point for you in terms of what you were able to do then moving forward mm. with your life or your career or anything else? So many people. Yeah. So many people. Um, I, one thing I can think about is uh, when I was teaching in, at TCU in Fort Worth um, and there were several parents that were always encouraging me because it wasn't easy, the program that we were doing for early childhood music. And they would always encourage me, keep going, you're doing great, mm. we love the program, that type of thing. So um, Don Boyer was one of those parents that was always, always encouraging me. My piano professor there also, when I was uh, in graduate school, Judith Solomon was amazing, mm. amazing, encouraging me. I had to have surgery on my elbow. Oh my and goodness. here I am, a piano uh, pedagogy major, I have to perform. And the head of the piano department at that time said, well, I guess you're done. <gasps> right. And she said, don't listen to him. We're <sighs> gonna do this and you'll learn left-hand music until you heal and we'll continue. And wow. I, I finished and then I wow. worked there for a few years. So. She was awesome. 
Um, I have a Bible study group that we've been together for, uh, I don't know, 18, 19 years. And we all live in different places now, different parts of the world, but we still uh, are together. And sure. they encourage me, we encourage each other. And that's been very fulfilling for my spiritual life. And then my family. Those of you um, that know me personally or my students that come here, they call this the compound where I live (laughs) because there's my brother, my parents, my sister, my studio, my house. We are all on the same property. Wow. And you know how it is living with your family. That's not always the best, but it's good to have them uh, close by. We respect each other quite well and we encourage each other so i have a great family also so that's fabulous yeah. because you already had your bubble yes yeah yes i have a good bubble and sometimes you want to break out of that bubble yeah. to get fresh air <laughs> right. you know, right. there's no doubt about it <laughs> right but it's always uh good to know it's safe to come back so that's always cool can we really quick just go back to that time in college when you had elbow surgery and you have one you know person telling you well that's it you're done Mm -hmm. and then you know someone else a professor who came and said no you don't have to be done can you talk a little bit more about what that was like to go through for you and why like when when someone says oh i guess you're done what do you do at that point so i'm going to back up a little bit I am originally from Costa Rica. Mm. I've been in school in Costa Rica and in Mexico for elementary, high school, and then college in Mexico. Okay. So this was in Fort Worth at Texas Christian University Graduate School. I took a 10-year break between college and graduate school. Got it. So I got married. I was working in an office, teaching piano on the side. And I said, I want to go. I want to do this well. Okay. So I go back to, I go back to school. I'm in graduate school. I'm one of the old people there, you know, (laughs) and um, Judith Solomon just, she just loved me and saw potential in me. So when this pain started happening in my elbow and I'm not being able to play, I'm suddenly thinking, am I going to be able to do this? And, um, Finally, when we figured out I had to have surgery and I couldn't play for the rest of the semester, what am I going to do for jury? I was totally, totally upset. Like, what am I going to do? Right. Um, how can I teach like this? What are the families going to think? What are the parents going to think? Right. And um, we started looking for left-hand music. And this is when I just discovered, oh, wait, I'm not the only one that goes through yeah. this. Of course, we didn't have internet like we do now. So, you know, I had to go to the library and figure this out. And so I felt like, okay, I can do this. So when we, she went with me to speak with the head of the piano department and he was very like, yeah, okay, well, I'm sorry. This is like your sign. Like, and everything like fell through for me there. And I was like, I didn't say anything. I don't remember saying anything. Yeah. But I remember walking out of that office and uh, Judith Solomon saying, don't listen to him. That was, he should not have said that. That was horrible. This should have not happened. And we're going to make this work. 
I mean, you're going to heal and you're going to be able to play. So I don't remember what happened after that. I just remember practicing, practicing, practicing with one hand and doing a lot of mental practice to learn my music uh, because I could not spend the hours that I was supposed to at the piano. But um, yeah, it was it was amazing to have her on my side in everything that I did there at the university. And that's one of the reasons I finished and graduated because she she was tough. Melissa, she was so tough. She was a hard teacher. I mean, she criticized every single note that I played. Wow. So I had a high standard to attain to, but she was also very supportive. So it was just great to, to have that type of support and encouragement. Yeah, because I feel like there are a lot of people who have gone through something similar where someone has said, well, you know, you aren't cut out for this or, oh, this isn't going to happen for you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it is that feeling of you you just want to disappear or you feel the floor falling out, you know, from under your feet. And, you know, thank goodness that you had someone as an advocate right there, right there in that moment who, who could immediately say, don't listen to that. Because a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people walk out of those offices and go, oh, Mm -hmm. well, I guess that's it. Um, So, yeah, that that sounds like a really amazing pivot point, actually, for you. It was, yeah. It's me to another question then, and I think this is a a fine line that we walk both on both sides uh, in terms of what is expectation and what is encouragement. Sometimes we get encouragement from others about what we should do or what we could do, but it turns out it's really maybe a layer of expectation of something they just want us to do. How have you gone about discerning the difference for yourself between other people's expectations of you and actually their encouragement for you? Oh, I got it. It's long. How long do we have? (laughs) I know. So I grew up. I grew up in the church, um, Protestant church, playing the piano. Um, So I was expected to play for every service for free, of course. And to, I'm an organizer, so organize this program and this program, Christmas program, Easter program. Right. Direct the choir. Right. And children's choir, adult choir, the band, the bell choir. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do, because I spent 16 years in churches. <laughs> yes, yes. I did that. I did that. I did that. And um, I think it was before my son was born um, when I, I said, wait a minute, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And even after he was born, we continued doing that because my husband is also a music, uh, well, musician, because he always sang in quartets and choirs and groups he always loved that um but I quit first uh once I became a mom and I was stepped back and I was like I don't I'm not enjoying this Mm -hmm. so I did it before because I felt like I had to because and I don't know if this is going to rub anybody the wrong way but in church there's a lot of guilt of use your talent for the Lord yes And I took that to heart and I didn't know how to separate that from real life. Yeah. And um, it took me a long time. And still after I quit doing all of that, my mom is very involved in choirs and blah, 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 all of that. And so I always felt pressured, not from her, but from her friends 
Sure. You know, tell Dorla to come play for us. Oh, we need right. her. But this is not something that I enjoy doing. I'm very um, self-conscious when I'm, when you put all the all of this on me. Oh, come yes. play for us because you're so great. Yeah. And I feel, well, I don't have time to practice. So yeah. you're expecting all these great things from me. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So that was uh, when I finally explained that to my mom, mm. like, mom, I don't like doing this because not because I don't want to do it, but because I don't have the time to spend on doing it well. And then when I walk in and there, there's all these expectations for me to perform a certain way. Right. And I know it's not going to happen that I feel terrible. Yeah. And then just, you know, all these other things start to happen. Yeah. Once I explained that to her, all the requests stopped happening and I was like, oh, okay. This was something that was expected from me just because I am a musician. Right. And I hadn't put clear boundaries for myself. Right. So I was saying no, I was doing that, but I wasn't, um, I guess I wasn't clear in explaining why to my family. Not, they were thinking, oh, she's just full of herself. Right. Instead of, no, this is the reason why. I wasn't honest with them, telling them why I did not want to do it. Once I did that, um, there was peace on every side. And I love being a spectator. <laughs> you know, I like going yeah. to the church functions and just like, oh, right. good job. Yeah. I can support you that way. Yeah. So that was, that was a... Um, you know, a big, a big thing for me growing up that way that I have been able to now that I'm older, understand that it was really me not being clear about what I needed, but I don't think I knew when I was younger, what I needed. Yeah. I, that's interesting. I didn't know we shared some of those similar uh, past experiences because I grew up in the church and I grew up wanting to do things. And so I was part of choirs and I was part of doing things and I wanted to do things and I wanted to perform and I wanted to do things for my church. It was fun because I was doing yeah. it with my friends, yeah. you know, yeah. and, I and loved then it. Yes. when you, you know, start doing it though, I, it does become an expectation and that's very, mm -hmm. very different and it's very hard to navigate. And then when you do it as a paid staff person, it's even more like, yes. oh, wow. <laughs> well, I was never a paid staff person. So yeah, I don't know it, if I, yeah, I it'll know. take, it takes it to another level. And, and so, you know, well-meaning people who say, oh, you're so great at this. Mm -hmm. It does put a whole nother level of expectation yeah. and pressure. And it's very, very difficult personally to understand, well, mm -hmm. what is it that I really want to do? Because some part of us really does enjoy it. Yep. And we want to do it. And again, there's that kind of sense of, I want to give back. This is a ministry. I want it, right? Yes, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a hard it's one. It's loaded. Yes. Loaded. Yeah. Yeah. I'm much happier now that I'm not doing that anymore either. Yes. <laughs> well, and now with the, you know, 2020 and 2021 pandemic, I, I mean, I, I don't feel comfortable being around that many people in church anywhere now yeah. that. Texas is all open. Yeah. And um, I, I, I enjoy just seeing other people do it, not me being involved in all the details of it. Yeah. 
Hmm. Setting boundaries. What a great way to discern between expectation and encouragement. I love that. So uh, what has kept you creative and hopeful and encouraged during a pandemic? Mm. I think um, during the pandemic, I mean, that was, of course, a surprise for everybody that, oh, we're going to do this differently now. Yeah. And um, I think just my, I love helping other people in general, but my world is more piano teachers and um, helping them figure it out. Um, I was lucky enough that I had been teaching online 10 years before. Right. So I had a sense of what needed to be done. I had just hadn't done it with the groups. Sure. And so I don't think I've ever had, um, yes, I was fearful. Oh, is it going to work? I was stressed to the max about it. But I think I'm more of a, let's try and see what happens. So that uh, just keeps me going. Um, There's always tons of things that I could just sit down and be upset about. But that's not my personality. I'm, you know, more like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? What's the next step? So that kind of kept me going, even though I had so many projects that I had to know change and do different like so many other people right but I didn't um I wasn't one to sit around and uh and just say well I don't know what to do I did eat a lot of chocolate (laughs) well you know you know we all deal with it differently of our vices that's (laughs) not so bad so it sounds like, and tell me if I'm wrong, that attitude of, you know what, let's just see what happens. Let's just try this. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're not very afraid of failure. Uh, yes, I am. Mm. Very afraid of failure. Ah. That is really big on my, on everything that I do. I'm like, but I've learned to say, yes, I'm afraid but I'm going to do it anyway, because I do not want to regret. I don't want to have to say, I'm sorry. I don't want to have to say, oh, what would have happened if I would have done this? Yeah. So I'm more like, let's do it this way and see what happens. And then we'll talk about it. Or we can talk about it first and make decisions together. But, um, I'm, I'm more afraid of having regrets. So I don't want to have any regrets. Yeah. That is such a powerful way to come at that because I think a lot of people who are, who fear, fear failure and Mm -hmm. myself included in, in a lot of things, you know, we don't necessarily weigh that fear of regret. Although I think that that does change as we get older. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you get to be, of a certain age. Yeah, <laughs> we won't name any numbers. But you start to see right that, you know, you don't have as much time, you're not just building mm. your career anymore, you're, you're there. And you know, you have less time left than what you had ahead of you. And so you just have to just oh, dig in and do it. I had not thought about it that way. Yeah, and get past the fear. Yeah. And say, yeah, you're but I think that fits in with your perspective. Because when you say I don't want to have regrets, what a beautiful way to overcome that fear and to say, you know, I'm going to try it anyway, because if I don't, I might, 
actually yeah. I really regret this. Yeah. That's yeah, powerful. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Cause I, um, I think about it a lot. I know a lot of people journal about these things and uh, I'm even fearful that someone's going to read my journal. So I don't want to do it, <laughs> but I'm learning that those thoughts, I need to accept those thoughts because they're not going to go away, yeah. but I'm going to accept them and say, yes, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And could you have imagined, um, I, you know, last year, could you have imagined where you are now? Um, with the course that I created, that was something I always wanted to do. Yeah. I just didn't know how. Okay. But teaching online um, and having the group of teachers that I get to talk to, um, that is something I wanted. And I wasn't really sure how to do it. Yeah. So it's almost like the pandemic made us do a whole bunch of things that we weren't sure how to do. And um, like being on, on video every day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, that was something I was never, ever comfortable with. I didn't want, I was so not interested. Right. And I had tried uh, 10 years ago, you know, um, and I would see myself on video. I'm like, oh no, never. <laughs> and now I'm like, mm, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, I could not have imagined what yeah. everything that I'm doing now. And I think that's great because I think it, two things. One, I think when we step out and we start to see what other people are doing, it sparks that creativity. It sparks yeah. that, oh, I can do this too. And, and yeah. you're encouraged to, to be creative and to step out yeah. yourself. And in doing what you're doing now, you're encouraging other people to yeah. step out of their comfort zone and say, it's okay, even if you're afraid, because look, if I can do it, you can do it. Yes. And I have been watching many uh, music teachers um, and I've, you know, been with coaches and just to, just to see how they have grown and they tell you not to be afraid to do what you want to do, that we can all do what it is that dream that we have. Um, I think about when I started my studio 30 plus years ago, I was looking for that. I was looking mm -hmm. for that financially. I was looking for that in my teaching. I was looking right. for supportive teachers and I could not find it. Yes. And piano teaching can be very cliquish. You know that. <laughs> Everything can be. Yes. But I mean, I only know piano teaching world. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm, you know, you see me talking here, blah, 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 blah. But that is not, I'm not a, a social, you know, ooh, let's do this and this. I'm yeah. very stay at home and do my own thing. So um, I didn't have that support um, and we didn't have internet to do that online. So I did not have that support in my area with other teachers. Right. Um, so that was very hard for me to be able to grow that way. So I always did my own thing and I always felt like I was being left out. Mm. Um, and there were always amazing teachers. Once I started uh, entering the world online and meeting teachers, um, Wendy Stevens, Stevens yes. was one of those that 
we had talked online, but when we finally met in Dallas, she was always welcoming to mm. me. Um, she's one of those people that even to this day, you know, she'll email me personally and give me advice on business or whatever. And Leela Biss, mm-hmm. um, I met her also in, in Dallas and she has been always a great encourager yes. for me. Um, so those teachers, um, and of course now I know many other teachers, right. but I'm thinking about way back before I was doing anything online, they were very welcoming and, you know, encouraged me, Dorla, you can do this online. You can help other teachers. You have something to say. Both of them always did that um, for me and gave me that space to say, okay, what is it I want to do with other teachers? How do I want to help them? So uh, now I forgot what your question was. No, but I, but I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think, you know, anyone who steps outside the norm yeah. feels that way. And, yeah. you know, you doing group teaching and group piano lessons that was not a thing. It still isn't. I know. <laughs> it still We're, isn't. You're and changing that though. You're changing that. And I love that. But you know, anyone who steps outside, I think feels that. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that there were early supporters mm-hmm. of yes. what you were doing, who were encouraging you. Mm-hmm. No, you're doing good work. You're doing great things. Keep going. Don't give up. <laughs> yep. Because we all need those cheerleaders. We yep. all need those encouragers in our lives, yep. I think. So, oh, go ahead. Well, the both of them, Wendy and Leela, um, because they're well-known in the piano world, um, it was extra special for me because I'm talking about group piano. Well, I've been teaching group piano for 30 years. And yeah. I remember when I started with uh, Marin Cole um, and I trained with her and I would talk with her about it. And... It was not accepted Yeah, 30 years ago. Yeah. She had a difficult time, but she was one of those that I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. And so she was one of those that encouraged me from far away, even though she's here in Texas also. But um, that is how I learned. And I always felt support from her. And then other, um, these other two, Wendy and Leela, just, you know, on the online, online world and telling me it's, what you're doing is right. You're encouraged. You're doing the right thing. Um, kind of really back me up. And that is what I want to do for other teachers, you know, yes. give them a place where the ideas that they have about group piano teaching, they can flesh them out. And I've talked with several of them this week and like, yes, <laughs> you have those right thoughts and, you know, keep doing it. It's going to be hard. But the more of us that can do that, we're going to be able to create a place where it's accepted and um, understood. Like we have the same goals. Yes. We're just going about it differently. Well, and I think it's becoming so much more accepted uh, and so much more known about mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I get, I'm sure like you do too, I get inquiries every day mm-hmm. about lessons in my studio, right? And And some people who have come from other parts of the country and who've transferred to where I am, or, you know, if they're thinking about online lessons, some people actually ask, do you do group lessons? And that's a new thing, like in the last year or two. And I'm like, yay, (laughs) you know, because I don't do 
exclusively group lessons, but mm-hmm. I do incorporate group lessons quarterly into what I do in my program. So I am so Amazing. glad because yeah. what you're doing not only is helping other teachers, it's helping other parents, it's helping other students. And I just, that's mm-hmm. what a great, what a great space to be in. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to be able to do this. And I know there's only a few of us that are very outspoken about it. Mm-hmm. And I was um, speaking with uh, Melanie Bose, who does mm. keynotes. Right. We, we've tried to work on several projects together and we were just talking last week, like, yeah, when we die, maybe, (laughs) maybe people will start (laughs) accepting it, but that's okay. We want to be able to build that foundation for, for other teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a great exercise is thinking about legacy, but I I think it'll happen sooner. Legacy. Yeah. I think it'll happen sooner than that. So, oh, God. yes, I think it will. <laughs> so for people who are, you know, gosh, we are a year and a half into um, pandemic life. Um, yeah. Some people have broken out of it and that's okay. And other people are still really, you know, struggling. But for someone who's watching or listening right now and who might be struggling in their teaching or might be struggling with their studio, what encouragement do you want to offer those folks? I always say you can do this. Um, write, write down what it is you want to accomplish mm. and, and then work on it every day, like break it down. And okay, in order to reach this goal with my piano students, then I need to break it down and see how I can get there. I think that's been very important for me, uh, you know, building this whole just only group and teaching multi-level. Like I've had to sit back and say, okay, how am I going to break this down so it can work? Yeah. And the ideas that we have, sometimes we, we sabotage ourselves and, and say, oh, that's dumb. That's not how it's done. Well, maybe you have a new idea. And maybe that is the idea that's going to work for your studio. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do what I'm doing or what you're doing. Each teacher has their own little world there that they can create. Yes. And we can learn from each other to incorporate that. So don't give up. Don't give up. Little by little, little steps. I love that. I love so many things about what you've said. Mm. And I think, too, what I hope people will take away from this interview is to have cheerleaders, have people who will encourage you and have cheerleaders who can recognize your greatness and and continue to help, you know, encourage you and affirm what you're doing like, like you've had. And, oh my goodness, you know, do I resonate so much with that idea of you have to do what works for you and not just simply try to copy what other people are doing. Right. Because, you know, I could take your program and try and do it in my studio and guess what? It would probably work, maybe have 50% fail rate. (laughs) (laughs) And because if if I'm not willing to put the time into adapting it, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. There you go. Adapting it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's, I learned that the hard way because I've used so many different programs in my studio. My sister makes fun of me. like, Oh, what are you doing this year? <laughs> and I had to tell her, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I figured it out. Yeah. But um, I, I learned, I, that was a learning process for me. But I learned that when I was able to create something to share with teachers, I wanted it to make, I wanted it to be flexible enough right. that each teacher could incorporate what they needed. And I think, um, because I was always adapting these other 
programs that I was doing. Right. So I, I, I learned that from it. And I mean, and I think yeah. that's also countercultural that pushes back and makes us different too, because, mm. you know, we're that we're used to fast food and we're used to quick fixes mm. and we're, we're used to templates and we're used to having things like, oh, you know, here's your seven habits and here's your three steps and here's your, mm. uh, you know, yes. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> that is so true. Today, talking with uh, one of the teachers, um, she was telling me what her lesson plan was. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. She was telling me how, asking me how to incorporate a new student into a group. Okay. And I was thinking when I t teach it to the teachers, I do do those four, like here, four sure, steps sure. you can follow. Right. But then when I start, when I did it in the video and I was sharing it with the teacher, I was like, okay, I, I did those four things, but maybe not in that same order because, okay, now I have all these little human beings here. Right. that need I need to accommodate that but I always say that's the framework right this is what I'm ready for and if I am ready for that then I can adapt it really well to whatever the situation is so yeah. we need both I agree and I think that's what makes you know t great teaching stand out mm -hmm. is people who have these frameworks who have these outlines and have these ideas about how they want something to happen or where they want something to go but are very adept at dealing with whatever happens with what walks yep. in the door, right? Yep. And you just yep. never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know yeah. what attitude they're bringing in today, right. yeah. Right, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you never know how you're gonna react. I mean, we can kind of think like, oh, okay, this is how I would handle this, but you don't always know until you're in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that happened yesterday. I had eight kids playing together and one of them, we're already playing and he's saying wait 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 and I'm like okay we finished the song and then I just couldn't contain myself I was like no you cannot talk while we're playing <laughs> and everybody was like oh what is she doing I wasn't screaming or anything right 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 but my voice was very firm yes and I was like you can and this is not the first time he does it um, so, but he was extremely loud this time and sure. everybody knows once we start playing, we finish. If you didn't start, you need to catch up. I'm telling you where we are. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's new too. He's younger. He's like eight. Sure. Um, and he's always in his own little world. So, but yeah, I didn't think I was going to react that way. Yeah. It. it wasn't a bad thing, but I could hear myself being very firm um, and, and dealing with it. And that's so, okay. So this isn't, okay. this okay. isn't on the standard list of questions, but it just occurs to me, what is your biggest source of encouragement right now? Um, so I listen to a whole lot of things, mm. different podcasts. I, yeah. I read a lot. Um, I don't think I could tell you what single thing I'm reading. I have my Bible study group. I pray a lot. Yeah. I know I don't, you know, I'm not one of those Christians that goes around preaching right, right. to everybody. Right. But um, that to me, being spiritually grounded is like the biggest thing that I can do um, with that quiet time that I have in the morning. Uh, you know, I spend that time and I, I love to walk and I do that uh, with a friend or by myself, but always uh, knowing 
that I have that uh, personal foundation, mm-hmm. you know, to in, not really encourage myself, but, you know, that spiritual core that I think is very important for all humans. Yeah, it's creating space, right? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. whatever is supposed to enter in, to enter yes, in. Yes, to feed myself. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I it's interesting because um, a month or so ago, I shared with a group of people that I've reached, I kind of got away from the whole like gratitude journal thing, because it was popular mm-hmm. for a while. And I got away from it, I've restarted. And I've been doing mm-hmm. gratitude, you know, journaling again. And it, it's been a game changer now. Um, mm-hmm. in, in addition to all the other things that I do, right, like you, mm-hmm. you know, going for walks with the dogs, yep. I walk with a friend every week and just mm-hmm. do um, meditation time um, each day. And it, those gratitude practices can be really um, encouraging and uplifting because you, you, yeah. you see, oh, yeah, you know, look how far I have come and look at what I, what I do have going well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't used to doing that. I was like, oh, I didn't finish my to-do list or, oh, I haven't reached this goal. Instead of thinking, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. This is pretty good. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, you're doing great. And I am so, I just, I love watching all your social stuff. So if you're not already following Dorla on social media and group piano, um, we have all the links for all of her great pages and all the things that she's doing. We want to get to one of my favorite parts of the show, which is the music that is encouraging and uplifting for you. So this first, uh, and and we share six. I tell people to do five, but we're gonna do six just because they're all so great. I had to stop at six. I was like, well, maybe she won't be too I, upset. No, no, no. Okay, so this is I'ma do it. I love this, okay. <laughs> and we're just gonna play a few seconds of this by Jay Moss. Here we go. Oh, what a great message. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, 2016, I think it was, or 2017, I don't remember. 2017, maybe. I started um, some new coaching to because I knew I could do something different with my studio. Mm. But it's not the normal things that piano teachers do. Right. And I was like, I have to do something different. I can't just be coming in and teaching and going back home. It's like, I want to do something else. So when I started this very expensive coaching, (laughs) I remember being at the hotel and I was listening to this and I was like, that's my song. I'm gonna do it. That is my song. And I would play it over and over again. And there were so many new things that I had to do in order to reach the goals for this program. And I was like, I'm I'm, going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I would just play that in my ears and um, got it done and got it done. And so now when I look back, I don't listen to it as much. But when I listen to it, I'm just like, yes, yes. There's I love this song. I love this song. What a great anthem. And if you haven't heard that song, if you're listening and you haven't heard it, go click on the link in the show notes and go listen to it. The lyrics are just phenomenal. I love it. Yes. It's yes. I had not heard it before and I'm hooked. Mm. You've got me hooked. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, that's 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 my song. Uh, so this next uh, piece is a little different. 
we're going to take a, a left turn just a mm. little bit called travel big left turn <laughs> yeah by the north texas wind symphony mm -hmm. uh and we're going to just hear a little bit of the opening and it is uh almost 13 minutes long go listen to all 13 minutes we're just going to hear a 10 or 15 second clip here at the beginning <laughs> hate to stop that oh, yeah. <laughs> talk about that one <laughs> so my son um i have one son that i homeschooled all through his school and then um he's a great pianist and he decided he wanted to uh study music Okay. And I was like, okay, it's kind of late. You're in high school. How are you going to decide that now? <laughs> now that you haven't done theory, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Anyway, he goes to North Texas. Okay. He's a sophomore there. And he plays clarinet, not doing piano, clarinet. He's into music business. Oh. And so we listen to music together. Sure. And he, I'm, band was never, band music? Are you kidding me? That's for marching. I'm sorry. <laughs> But going, taking him to rehearsals, listening to him in orchestra. So my, you know, horizon was opened up. Yes. And he's like, mom, listen to Maslanka. You're not going to believe it. So we listened to a lot of this composer. But this one right here, there's just so much to it. And we listen to this over and every time we're in the car, we listen to it. So I have that connection with my son. Yes. And then... This composer uses a lot of um, Bach, almost in all his pieces, he uses a lot of hymns, and he's an atheist. Well, he was, he already passed away. But I learned so much from listening to him and then the conductor, Corporan, who's a amazing band teacher. So, well, not teacher, but conductor and teacher mm -hmm. and professor. Mm -hmm. So when I see all the things that they do as a band, it not only encourages me with my son, like I did good bringing him up, yeah. Um, but also learning how they play, and I'm like, we could so do this in piano. Yes, you know, playing together, making music together, should be our greatest goal as piano yeah. teachers. So I think about all those things when I listen to this, and yeah. And, you know, again, it, the link is in the show notes for that particular piece. Go listen to it. What I loved about listening to it myself is there were so many different moods and elements that were woven into that one piece. Yeah. And there were certain things that were just so peaceful and and thin and secure. And then there were big, broad, beautiful passage. And then there were sparkling, you know, things happening with yeah. the different instruments. I was just so, it was just like a treat for the senses uh, as yes, I listened to the is. whole thing. So go listen to the whole thing. And if you get a chance to read the story about uh, who wrote it for, and that's good too. Okay. 
So that'll yeah. be next on my list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the next one is uh, Alexis French, Dreamland. Let me share the screen here. We'll get over to this piece. And uh, the music is amazing. And you said you had not seen the video and I hadn't either until I had, um, and, and this song is new to me too. Uh, but what I took away was the juxtaposition here of the audio versus the video. So here's a little bit of Dreamland. so much great stuff there in 2020 i played that song every single day when i walked into my studio i would say alexa play dreamland wow. i'm sorry if i messed up anybody's alexa but <laughs> I, I i would do that and um that was my that was my music uh i think it maybe it was 2019 to 2020 okay um and um the first time I heard it, I did not know who Alexis French was, but I heard it and I was like, okay, sounds kind of new age, but this, this is different. This pianist has training, classical training. I can, mm -hmm. I can tell I need to find out who it is. Yeah. So that's what led me to find out. Well, yeah, he's a amazing musician. And I believe the dancer in this video was, it's his daughter really i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i'm not sure okay i haven't that was a long time ago that i read that so yeah i hope i'm not wrong but um so i was like i just need to play his music i need to learn about him i need to know all the things but that was my anthem for a whole year and i still listen to it now even so oh here's another encouraging thing so because I'm a very tense person. Instead of taking Advil, that is not good for your body. Right. I I go to a massage mm. every. I do. I have to do it every week because of the amount of pain that I get. Right. And my masseuse, she's amazing. She bought the CD to play when I go there, so I get to hear an hour of yes. this every week when I'm there, mm. and it's so encouraging because it's. Is I love every single one of the pieces. And mm. so that's like my center. Right. I can do this kind of music. Yeah. I gosh, I love everything about that. <laughs> and oh. I, so from the video, I love the juxtaposition, kind of mm -hmm. the creating the mm -hmm. cognitive distant dissonance, because when you see the video and then you hear the music, you're like, wow, these two don't mesh at all. Yeah. But I love the combination of his music with modern dance because mm -hmm. my daughter's a dancer and I, I've always loved dance actually. Ah. Uh, and then, yeah, the, just the ability to take this music and say, this is part of, this is part of my healing. This is part of my self care. Mm. This is part of, yep. you know, I love to hear those stories when people have music that's integrated into their well being. So, yep. so beautiful. Mm. I have to tell you, Melissa, that for many years, I did not listen to music because hmm. it was, it was, it was too much. I wouldn't practice piano. I could not play any of my pieces on the piano. I could not listen to music. I could 
the religious music that I was so used to listening to, I did not listen to any of that. Yeah. And it was just a very difficult many years that I had. I was still teaching music, doing what I had to, but that music that was always personal to me, I could not listen to it. And um, there did, there came a time and I'm, uh, I think it was sometime last year where I broke out of that. Um, mm. And it was after my son went to college, that was like, yeah. okay, I can't, I don't want to listen to anything now. Don't even speak yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, and he went to college during the pandemic. Right. So it was just right. my husband and I, and, you know, I mean, we get along great. We're fine, but right, right, right. it was just too much, too much. Yeah. Um, and now, so when you asked me to give you my five, I was like, music for encouragement. Have I done that? So I had to go searching for all of that. And so each one of these was very meaningful because I spent so many years without um, having music that was just to encourage me. So wow. just wanted to tell you that a little bit there. I'm so glad you did because I, I have experienced that too. Uh, maybe not quite as long a period of, of time as you did, but I don't think this is something that we admit or that we talk mm -hmm. about is having musical deserts in our lives. Yeah. And I would describe it as a desert. There is sometimes mm -hmm. you, you cannot, and you, you can't handle it. yeah, and it can't be part of your life for a while. Yep. And yep. I can relate to that. Um, there are times in my life, one in particular, where I, I went through that as well. And I just, everything was just quiet mm -hmm. and I needed that. Um, yep. usually, you know, and, and the good news is we come out of that hopefully and, and we yes. reemerge and there's, you know, there is another side to the desert. There mm -hmm. is water there. <laughs> yes. Yes. So if you're in that musical yeah. desert right now, it's okay. Um, yeah. and, and it's not necessarily a bad place to be, but I don't think anyone really talks about that. So I'm so glad mm -hmm. that you shared that. I, um, I mean, I knew I was going through that because I would sit and practice and I was like, I, I just can't. Yeah. My mind is not there. And I don't, I, I stopped playing music at home. I still don't just because who plays CDs now? I mean, you have to actually yeah, yeah. go and put the yeah. CD in. I mean, no. <laughs> and then Alexa doesn't always listen to me. So, <laughs> you know, but um, for a while there, many years, uh, I didn't play music at home. And when my, um, my dad loves to play music at home. So when he would come over, he's like, Ugh, there's no music in this house and he wanted music on. And I was like, oh, what am I gonna play? I don't wanna play that. Yeah. I don't wanna play yeah. that. Cause it was just, it was depressing. It was very yeah. depressing. But yeah, I'm in a different place now. So I'm glad that that I'm out of that musical desert, right? Yeah. Mm. Wow. We're gonna go away from the desert totally and yes. to the party. And we're going to share yes. Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I pulled up this uh, YouTube clip from a live concert. This is Sing a Song. And this is from just the opening bit. Here we go. sing a song <laughs> yeah so this took me back to high school 
I can't, I don't remember what year. Is that from the seven? I mean, by what they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that one has a year on it. That one doesn't, okay. but yeah, that's from the seventies. Yeah. So I was in, in high school for sure. And um, so I went to high school in Costa Rica. So I, I spoke English, but everything is in Spanish. Right. So like we had to stop our cassette to write the words down. You remember that? Oh, right. Well, maybe you're not that old. Oh, no, but... I am. I am. And then, then we had to write down and then the cassette will get caught. And then you have these strings of stuff yeah. that you can't play your song anymore. <laughs> and I had to record it from the radio when it was yes. on the radio. Yes. And I didn't know what, I really didn't know what they were saying. Because I could read English, I could speak it. But it was just different in music. Yeah. So that's one thing we do with our friends. But we could do sing a song. Yeah, we could sing oh. that part. A long time ago. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember with the cassette player and the radio. Yeah, yeah did yeah. that. Been there, done yeah. that. <laughs> I have my, and, my nieces and nephews now listen to that. They're like, ew, that's a bad recording. I know, I know, I know. But what a great <laughs> song, too, because it's it's not, you know again go back and listen to the whole song and, and listen to those lyrics because yeah. so when you wrote when you figured out what the lyrics were did you like it even more oh uh, i don't even remember the, yeah i just remember seeing the song i don't even remember what i wrote it's a long time Melissa. yeah yeah a long time ago <laughs> well what a great song to trans you know yeah. to um you know get get through d dictation at least yeah, in terms yeah. of the language yeah awesome so now we're going to take another hard left and we're going to go to kathleen battle oh my mm. goodness oh so this is a song called so many stars um it just i i can't even this is so good we're just going to hear a little clip here we go stopping that <laughs> so the first time I heard Kathleen Battle sing I was like what is this gorgeous voice yeah so I had all her CDs see I've moved from cassette to CD, CD. You know? <laughs> okay but um and when I found uh this on Spotify I was like what I don't have to go searching for my CDs I was yeah. very glad to find it um but during that the time that I was listening to this. I was a uh, early childhood music teacher. Oh. So I would sing a lot of kids folk songs, kids sure. songs. That was my life. I dreamed them so I could remember them because you know, I didn't want to be singing like this in my sure, class. Sure. You know, I have a class with 10 toddlers. Right. So I would always look for music that was at a higher level than what was we were doing in class with clapping and singing right right for the time where the moms would spend rocking their babies in class ah. or we would sing with scarves or anything anything that would have a flowing movement that we would do 
I wanted to find something that was a higher level just to get them exposed to different singers, yeah. different music. And this is one of my, my favorite CDs. It was just, yeah, loved it. I would listen to it even if I wasn't in class. Yeah, her voice, it's just like liquid gold. Yes, it is. Mm. Yes. Can't get enough of Kathleen Battle. Yeah. Oh, go listen. Uh, in the show notes, click that link and listen to the whole listen to the, the whole thing. thing. It's just, just, yeah, just fabulous. one after the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. and it's just like soothing for the soul. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, and yeah. also the lyrics for so many stories are oh my yes. goodness, so yes. good. I know, <laughs> almost like perfect for the time that we're in too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, very encouraging. Yeah. So I love this last one. We're going to share this last one. And oh, I'm a big fan of jazz, always have been. And this reminded me of being in jazz clubs in Chicago when I was young, younger. Mm. Um, but this is Roy Hargrove, Strasburg, St. Dennis. And uh, this is the whole, um, the whole band, whole ensemble. But I kind of focused in on the piano solo here, which That's by the way, listen to this whole 12 minutes. This is a phenomenal 12 minutes. So it listen is. to the full track. And I've picked us up here um, during the piano solo, but this is just okay. fabulous. Here we go. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> so good. So yes. this is one of my newfound pieces. I think just last week I was on this playlist with jazz and I was just making a playlist for different things. Mm. Um, and um, I heard this and I was like, oh, all my jazz albums. Like, well, CDs, they're mm -hmm. not long plays. Right. But I'm like, I remember just playing that in my, not me playing the piano, but the, the CD in my, in my home while I was doing whatever. Right. And um, I love the back and forth that the piano and the trumpet are having. Yes. It's just party. It's just party yes. in your mind. I'm not a party person. I party by myself. <laughs> Listening to music. <laughs> this is one of them. Yeah. This was great. So this morning, as I was listening through all these again, I was, you know, cleaning my studio and doing my thing and doing my daily, you know, pick it. And I was just like, ah, oh, what a great track to be yeah. listening to. Yes, it is. <laughs> it just makes you happy. Yes. And if you love jazz, you're going to love this if you haven't heard it. Yeah, it mm. is a, such a good piece. Yes. Wow. Okay. So that is the music that encourages you. We are out of time for this particular interview, but oh my goodness, Dorla, what an amazing hour to be able to spend with you and just hear what encourages you and keeps you moving forward. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we go? Well, yes. Thank you, Melissa. This has been very encouraging. Just thinking about what, what am I going to say about <laughs> what encourages me? Right. Um, <laughs> was very good for me to think about and to find this music. So um, I'm gonna be listening to more of your podcast. I think this is an amazing way to share music with others. So thank you for this and for inviting me. I've loved every minute of it. 
Yes. Well, thank you. Like I said, I have wanted to be able to sit down and chat with you like this for a long time. I'm so glad we finally connected and we're able to do this today. I know that your stories and everything you've shared is really going to connect with so many people. And so um, for those of you who are listening, uh, go and, you know, go through all those show notes and all those links. If you're not following Dorla already, please follow and, you know, share what she's doing. She's just doing incredible work to support oh, all sorts you. of piano teachers all over the place. And yeah, we're just going to keep supporting and uplifting people. That's the goal here. Yes. So yes. thank you, Dorla. Uh, and thank My you pleasure. all for listening to Sounds of Encouragement. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Sounds of Encouragement is hosted, edited, and produced by Melissa Slocum. Music composed by Melissa Slocum and Steve Tressler. Music produced by Steve Tressler. For questions about the show or to get involved or be a guest, email soundofencouragement at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave those positive reviews wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Steve Tressler and Christina Lopriori who encouraged me to do this. If you have found value in these episodes, please let me know through the comments, reviews, or via email. And if I can do anything to support or encourage you, please reach out and let me know. Thanks for listening.